We're back. It's episode seven of How's Your Soul? And I'm here with Miss Andy J. Hello. <laughs> I love a hair clap. You you love a hair clap. Don't I you? love a hair clap. <laughs> and we're talking all about loving the skin you're in, her journey with that what it's looked like for her to grow in love and acceptance of herself, of being a woman in America, being a Black woman in America, what that looks like for her and all the things. So the only rule is, Andy, you can't say I'm good. So how are you? I'm good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am on a journey, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, just out the gate, I'm I'm 42. I'll be 43 in December, and oh like the age thing has been in my brain a lot. Honestly, uh, not as far as I'm never somebody who subscribes to a number, but like just even biologically, how far I've come. It's like the timeline, not age, if that makes sense. Like that's been really at the forefront of my thinking and my brain mm -hmm. over the past few months, and I like realize that society like tells us like when you get to a certain age you should be doing this or you should su subscribe to this or that and I'm like I literally feel like I'm still towards the beginning of my journey like I don't yeah I don't I don't feel like I'm about to be middle age or what I don't know I just don't I don't feel those things so yeah I'm mm -hmm. I'm definitely still seeking and, and understanding uh of like life and of myself and the people I'm around relationships yeah, I, I am on a journey. Yeah. So what would you like call or how would you describe this current phase of your journey that you're in? Mm -hmm. uh, seek ye first. Ooh, I like that. Seek ye first. That actually literally just came to my head and that is, woo child, that is, we can have a whole <laughs> other podcast episode about that. Just making yourself the priority making myself in first person the priority and just like learning so much from like my journey of life from you know as far as i can remember to to like thus far the things that always the thing that always sticks out for me is i don't know if i've done a good job of taking care of myself first mm -hmm. and reflections of that are like outside relationships I have like anxiety like and I'm like what 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 do I need to do like let me slow down like how 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 have I not given myself enough or get or like given myself enough grace or given myself enough like period you know like mm -hmm. so I I definitely am in a phase of like of you like you need to think about yourself and even if yeah that reflects in a weird way in other relationships or other in other people's things. Like the people who know me, know me and the people who I think know me, but don't, I can't like, it's okay. Like, cause we're all in such transition, but like, I can't really do anything about that. And it's just like, I, I have to like put myself first and like understand what's the best way to take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. 
And mm-hmm. so, at, you know, being in your early 40s and finally hitting that point, what did it look like for you internally when you weren't putting yourself first? Because when I met mm-hmm. you, per se, you've always been an others person. You've always, like, shown love through how you love others. You are just astute and you know me so well. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, I did a disservice to myself and to some of my relationships and friendships. And I, and I find myself, especially now that I'm married, uh, my husband like knows me so well and he's not afraid to be honest and he's just very perceptive. And I find that I'm much better now, but there's still little ways I have to fix it. But I found like, I have suffered, I, in my own fault, I feel like I, because I wasn't aware of the giving side and how much, not even like that's, there's nothing bad about giving, but I realized that I was doing things like really making myself internally feel like crazy or not taking care of myself or not being 100% transparent about like some relationships that I had. And because I was just kind of like, you know, that's just, that's how it is. I love them. I have my isms, they have their isms, I have the, oh, it's like, and within that, not owning and not honoring, like, oh, wait, maybe I don't really want to be treated like that, or maybe I don't really like that part, or maybe I should say something, you know, like, with without, there's no blame on any side, but I realized, like, how much stress and weight I was carrying with that, and not being, literally just not being honest with people in my circle about, like, this is how I'm feeling, you know, like, cause on the outside, I'm such a, you know, only very few people know, very few people know me like you do. And on the outside, you know, I'm very independent, decisive, like, um, you know, intimidating as some people say, which I hate, but like internally I'm <laughs> sensitive, <laughs> you know, I'm very sensitive. I'm very loving and loyal. And I think that sometimes it's to a fault. Like, I, I don't think I did a good job of communicating to people who even innocently were were just trying to be my like in my corner, I don't think I did a good job of cu- communicating like how I was feeling in that moment or what I may have needed or even like uh, childhood traumas like of abandonment like that like I didn't do a good job of communicating that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, without that realization, I was having like a lot of like physical things or I'd like just completely retreat from people or I just or I just be like like feeling crazy internally but being like yeah everything's fine here we go (laughs) right you know and I I didn't yeah and I think like that was before I actually made that realization and then I had some huge relationship losses that like friendship losses that really triggered me to be like wait what's happening right now (laughs) like figure it out and yeah, again, it's, it's, we're all human and we all try to our best. So it's no blame, but I just really realized like what I can and cannot do anymore. Uh, yeah. And I'm not responsible for um, taking care of anybody else before I take care of myself. And, and sometimes I have to suffer the consequences of that. And I think now that I'm older, I have kind of become okay with that. Like, I don't like for there to be like anything negative, but I, I'm okay with the fact that I'm taking care of myself and like honoring myself first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, for people that don't know with you being a teacher and a teacher at heart and always being, you know, someone of service that transferred over heavily 
into just your personal identity of just who you are. You that know? is so um, true. You know, because I, I I don't like yes, you're a choreography choreographer, yes, you're a dancer, but I feel like ultimately you're a teacher. Like that is your lane, that is your strong suit, that is where your gift lies. Like a lot of dancers can't teach, a lot of choreographers can't teach or sure. they don't have like the value you know, to give in their, you know, in their steps or anything, all the different things. But I, I, I saw how that translated just into your personal identity off the dance floor too. You know, Absolutely. you're always somebody of service, you know, and it was always others, 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 others. And personally, I'd, I'd come over and I'd be like, okay, but how are you? I don't know, but how are you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Andy, I asked about you. <laughs> Let me see other. That's, 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 I mean, that is true. I think that definitely like ties into like, I do know that my purpose 100%, one of, one of my purposes on earth is to be a teacher. Just, I, I know that wholeheartedly. You know, I've said mm-hmm. that so much in my social platforms to my friends, to people who know me. But as far as making that connection to how I also interact within my like non-teaching life is so true. So, so true. Mm-hmm. So what was your aha moment where you're like, okay, something's got to give? <laughs> Honestly? Honestly. Uh, 2020. Okay. 2020 just brought a lot of crazy, beautiful, like, it's crazy because 2020 started with me and my now husband, like connecting at the highest level that we ever connected. And then that was like January, beginning of February, 2020. And then we didn't see each other again until May of 2021. So that oh, was wow. like, that's a whole other episode. But yes. <laughs> like that, it's the top of that started with that kind of like, wow, okay, what is, this is new. And like this, this blooming of something so real. And it ended with like the loss of so many friendships, the loss of me trying to understand like just 2020, what did it do to me? Cause I've never felt like that in my entire life. And I was like, it caused, caused me to go super internal and not to just figure out again, not just the relationships, but like me, like what? Like, girl, you're depressed. Mm-hmm. And I had never felt that ever in my life. And, you know, I'm like, oh, it's just because we're inside. No, I went down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I went down. And yeah. that was a big eye opener for me because I'm like, I just, again, I remember at the beginning of the year, like, oh, this is, like, this is getting, like, this is something special. And I felt it and I knew it with my husband and my now husband, but like the complete polar opposite of that feeling towards the end of the year with again some significant people I was like ah okay yeah I need to like take a, a few steps and try to understand I was like God what, 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 are, we, what are we doing what you guys say okay uh-huh. <laughs> like let me figure this out you know and so uh-huh. it was just like taking reevaluation and, and taking us taking stock of like where do I want to be that's the year I moved away from LA like that well but you already knew I've been wanting to move from LA but like that was like the <laughs> the the point that I was like oh, no, 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 you, you have to, you're not going to do well or survive if you don't get out of here. And right. there were so many things that, you know, were, again, pushing me. And on the other, like, brighter side of that, e- even as I was, like, moving and I was like, trying to figure my life out and, like, what, 
Like I had like Sienna, my best friend, Alex, Febroth, you, like there's people who still had a very, like they left, y'all left space. And I mm -hmm. think that's, was a really big thing that I didn't feel like I was getting from a lot of my, I didn't feel like it was reciprocal in a lot of my connections. And it was mm -hmm. so cool to like, even reflect on that, those beautiful things, you know, like, mm -hmm. so yeah, 2020 was a big eye opener for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, 2020 was a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, but so circling back to, you know, loving the skin that you're in, how do, how would you define what, or what does self-love for you look like? And, and how did growing into that manifest mm -hmm. for you? Uh, I, I, I still work on self-love every day, like to be a hundred percent transparent. Like it's, you know, it comes in little things as like, you know, from hair as black women, that's a really big thing for us. Like to even the fact that my husband's white and Italian, like I am still forever 100% a black woman, black down, like that down, <laughs> down. never going to change. Like <laughs> that's nothing to do with, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but I, you know, like that acceptance of myself, like I'm not changing for nobody. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I'm not changing for nobody. Um, but that, yeah, that trying to, the love and the things that I see in other black women, just like seeing that that is also a reflection of like things that are in me and trying to recognize mm -hmm. that because I think that's something that like, there's like sometimes a wall or an invisible wall there where we see like a black woman have a certain achievements or people treat her a certain way or communicating or like we just love her. And I'm like, dang, I'll be doing that for myself. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I really try to like take a minute and do that. I try, this does not always happen. Like for the negative thoughts, I try to switch them to like try to have something positive. It is not always, mm -hmm. always successful, but I at least try to keep that in my brain to, you know, make that something that I actively try to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good thing. Like that that wall or that disconnect between seeing outwardly what are half what's happening for and to those around us and that comparative nature. Or sometimes not even comparative, it's just the lack of sight of like sometimes those exact same things are happening. We just can't see it within exactly you know, our own bubble. Um but I thought this would be a great episode to talk to you about this because, you know, with clean domination, you're all about women empowerment. You're all about the love and value of, you know, the, the woman, the female, the person, the being, um, and, and people that are familiar with you, they're so used to hearing the outward message, but few actually get to hear your story. Yep. So as much as you want to share or as little as much as little as you want to share, what did growing up being Andy look like? That's a great question. Do we have three more hours? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was it's so interesting because like whenever I like I kind of even touch back on my childhood childhood, like the first thing I do is like is the comparison like how how does that like or not comparison like how does that reflect in like who I am today and mm -hmm. some ways it's so awesome in some ways I hate it like mm -hmm. 
bullet point wise, like I was definitely like in choir and dance, play the flute, like cheerleader, dance team, you know, like studious and where I grew up, like not a lot of, not just black girls, but dark skinned girls. I was the only one literally in my vicinity doing any of that shit. So it all, I always felt a bit on the outside and on the outskirts, but it was nothing I could articulate. Cause I honestly, when I was younger, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't even think twice about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm black. But I was like, right. play the flute and I'm in the marching and I'm a drum major. Right. And also I'm going to at you. So what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, yeah, you know, like, and you know, something I, I always talk about that I, I just still hate to this day is the people who were the worst to me were black girls. They mm. were the worst. They bullied really? me. I literally specifically remember getting jumped. Like I got called an Oreo. I got called, you know, so many names and not just wow. about skin tone, but like that was, you know, that, that was the first thing to attack because society teaches us that the darker you are, the worse you are. And mm-hmm. as kids, you know, they don't give no fuck. They really be going after that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, found myself like trying to understand it, but also being furious because I've always been like really strong headed. And so I'd be like, F y'all. But then like, but also I want to hang out with the black girls, but y'all don't like me. Right. But okay. So right. I don't know what to do. Work. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just, I always had that, like, it was always a dichotomy for me, even from all the way from kindergarten to high school. Like, I remember like my mom being in this bowling league, like more in like the more black side of town. And I was so excited because I would just go with her just to like, because I was born in the suburbs, everyone. Yes. <laughs> um, I was born in the, in the suburb and my mom would go I was born in a, a suburb of Chicago called Evanston and my mom would go like in like deep Chicago to like you know where the black people was bowling it was so fun and I remember I loved it and like getting the cheese fries and chilling and the but the number one memory I have is the black kids always saying to me why you talk white where are you from why you sound like that why oh what do you what goodness. do you and I'm like oh my god like and, you know, and those little things, they have an effect on you, you know, because I noticed then as yeah. I keep going through life, you know, even like black dudes saying to me, like, uh, you ain't really black. You ain't really hood. You, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm not hood. I'm from, I'm from suburbs. What's the, mm-hmm. what do you want? Like, you know, black dudes saying that or being aware of like people of other races, like, are you fetishizing me or what are you doing? You know, like it's always mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to have a wall up, you know what I'm saying? Like. Cause I'm not like the typical, if you way they they don't think I'm the typical black girl. And I'm like, oh, I'm black. Right. I don't know what you thought. Right. I'm black. right. <laughs> like, right. So, um, yeah, like that growing up with that kind of background, I think. And then, you know, not to get in all of the deep, but the bio, I, my biological father and I were not close and abandonment issues of that, like all that coupled together is a lot of things. And it's not easy to, you know, to maneuver around that if you can't really like tap into what that is, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think within that, I started to give myself grace, but because like, I'm not comfortable sharing that with like, well, I am, but like sharing that with this, just anybody, it is hard to ask people to have grace for you when they don't understand your story. And I had to really like get that in my head and be like, I, I gotta stop having these expectations of people. Like regardless of like, I know that I do anything for them. I would, I got them, I got their back, but I'm like, oh, well, I can't, it's not, not even like a, like a bitchy way, but literally you can't expect people to treat you the same way you treat them, especially when they don't really know what your story is, you know? What's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And 
just going back to our personal relationship, I'm just good at picking up on energetic cues. So you know me, I may not know what's going on with you, but I'm like, okay, so I may write me, Andy, let me show up at her door. You know, I show up at literally your door. Literally show up at her door. Literally. I'll be at My door. Hand. What you doing, girl? <laughs> we don't got to talk about it. We just go sit here. We go watch Grey's Anatomy or whatever the case may be. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. but those kind of relationships and again, people holding space for you. And I really try to like be that same person. Like that, those are the things that that's what like makes you breathe and makes you stay alive. You know, like mm-hmm. that, those, like, it doesn't matter about time or, or space, like, but just knowing that or like out like external space, but knowing that somebody cares enough about you to hold that space for you. And when I find, when I, I have so far found some solidly like energies and I, even if it's the three that I have three, four, including my husband, like I am fine with that. Like, you know, it's just, you, you, we all need that space to be vulnerable and to not be what the world thinks we're supposed to be. Or like, for me, a lot of the times, like, the planner or the scheduler or the organizer or somebody's mom, somebody's auntie. Like I take all those things and I love them. God bless. I'm so grateful that people feel that about me, but I don't want to be that a hundred percent of the time. And there's only yeah. a few people who can really understand that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, um, I'm not going to pry, but <laughs> I'm like, going back. I got you. I got like, you. <laughs> This is, this is, usually this is really easy, but just because I know you so well, I'm like, let me ask the right questions. You do know me. So, but, but I do want to tap into this if you're okay with it. When mentioning self-love and how you like to practice self-love, you mentioned, the first thing you mentioned was your hair. And I know personally that that has a story tied to it. Why is hair so important for you? And why is expressing hair, one, for Andy, but two, for just being a Black woman? Why is that so important? I'm going to do good because I feel like I'm not going to cry because I like really, I am working steadily on this, I think. So I'm going to like, (laughs) I feel like. And if you cry, it's okay. Yeah, I was like, I feel good. Um, I just, yeah, I actually put this up a, a few months ago on my Instagram and like, love my mom, love her to death. But, you know, she had her own like issues as a black woman. But for me, I've always had a, there's always been a negative connotation tied to me and my hair. Like that is from like kids to high school to teaching dance to moving to LA, like, you know, all the way to having like, some guy I thought this black man who I thought was like in my corner finding out that like he was running around in LA telling people like I love Andy but she got to fix her hair she like that and and him not realizing how damaging that was they're like you didn't even tell me like and that all that just put like a stain you know we we're not friends anymore but we, we were friends for some years after that but that was always like it was always a stain you know yeah. right here and like a little yeah. sting and I'm like you know people especially, and I think honestly, because he was black and affecting me more, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. But I think like being dark skin, our hair in general is not easy to deal with. And we're taught that it has to look a certain way 
even now that it's definitely more accepted to wear it in his natural state. But like, even my husband, like I, he's always like, you should just wear your hair like all natural. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, which is so sad that I still have that reaction. Like, I'm like, you're, it's, I'll wear it in a low bun because it looks like it's straight and down. That's, but like natural state, absolutely not. And I, it, it, it sucks that like, that's still the sentiment because it's, you know, there again, like, I was not taught how to properly care for it. I was uh, it, like within my household. I was, you know, our our moms also and, and grandmas who we love. We love a grandma so much. But like those, that was the generation that was like, yeah, it's like, like a nappy pussy. Like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, grandma's like just saying wild stuff like that. And, it, you know, yeah. just, it just, it has an effect on you. And then like, yeah. again, not, not properly knowing how to care for it. But what mm-hmm. I'm realizing as I'm getting older and I'm learning how to care for it, it, it just, I mean, our crown is a part of our soul for sure. So as I'm learning how to care for it, it does a change internally to you at the same time. Because mm-hmm. it is a, it's a confidence thing. It's a spiritual thing. And I, yeah, you know, I just, I don't, I really don't want to live the rest of my days like ashamed of my head. I've gotten better, but I still am. I still will literally to this day would never go out with my hair in a natural state ever, yeah. which is crazy. So yeah. I'm like, you know, that is that is a work in progress for sure. Yeah. And I'm going to close out with what would you tell four-year-old little Andy's out there today in 2023, the dark-skinned girl who's being called an Oreo, who doesn't know what to do with her hair, who doesn't like her 4C curl pattern, just who isn't sure about her identity. What would you tell them? You're the baddest bitch ever. No, I'm just kidding. I would say, (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine? No, for real. I, I, the first thing is, the Oreo and that, that all that like weird social stuff, like you don't have to fit into a box. I think that black women, especially like in my generation, I think it definitely, like I said, it's gotten better, um, you know, generations after me, but four-year-old Andy, like you could be any kind of black woman you want to be. There's not one particular kind of black woman. Don't let insecure black women Black men, white women, white men, don't let them make you feel, don't let them project their insecurities on you. And I, and love yourself so that you don't internalize those insecurities. Cause that's, I didn't love myself enough when I was young enough. I didn't love myself enough when I was that young. Mm-hmm. And I let the other people's insecurities like get in, you know, it, it affected me to where I'm still mm-hmm. like fighting it off to this day. So love yourself. You are amazing the way you are. You are a black woman, whether you wear the work, matter where you're born, what kind of hair you have, your skin, like you're black. And yep. that is an honor and it's a crown. And, and yeah, just lo- love yourself and surround your people, su- surround yourself with people who hold your, who hold space for you like that and who also love you. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Andy. Thank you for I having me. You. I love this. I really <laughs> this is fun. Thank this you. Is fun. Thank you for having so, me. I love you so much. I love you too. So until it's next nice time, this has yes. been How's Your Soul, episode seven. I can't believe that we're on episode seven with Miss Andy J and her Sobion Blanc. <laughs>